Welcome to Foundry Radio. This commission series looks at what Matthew 28 teaches about obedience, worship, authority and action. Episode 2. Obedience. So, hi. We're going to look at um, the first uh, theme that we are drawing out on the commission series from Matthew 28. So let's have a look at the first verse. And so it says this in Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So as we said in the introduction, like this feels like it's a normal part of the story. You know, the, the disciples with Jesus, he tells them to go somewhere, but really it's not. The, the story in Matthew 28 that's preceded this is that the women have gone to the tomb. Jesus is missing. The angel's there. He tells them he's not here. That's not who you're looking for. Who or who you're looking for is not here. They go on the road. They meet Jesus. And he tells them when they realize who he is to tell the disciples to come and meet him here. And so these two Marys, they, they go back to where the disciples are. They are in mourning and confusion and they don't know what's going on. And these women say, oh, well, we've seen Jesus. He's alive and he's told us to tell you to go here to meet him. And it's there that they then go and they meet Jesus. And so it's really easy to brush over that and think, oh, actually, the, the disciples often have it really easy. You know, they, God's telling them to do something. Jesus is telling them to do something, but he's there with them in person. And so it's very easy for them to be able to trust him or do what he says. They know exactly what he wants them to do. And so it's great that the, the Great Commission starts with a step of not only obedience, but of faith. They are trusting that um, contrary to their experience of the world, they've seen Jesus die. Contrary to that, um, on the basis of, of something that someone has told them, I feel God saying this, or Jesus has said this, they're then taking actions and steps of obedience, trusting that God can do more than we expect. His His currency confounds our expectations of how the world should work. And so what I want to do is focus on, on the, this, this whole theme of obedience. And obviously we're starting here in Matthew 28, but we'll we'll jump around a little bit. The whole theme of what I want to look at though is, is being obedient to God is how we show our love to him. Obedience is part of God's love language. In fact, I think it is probably the number one way we can express our love for God. I want to look at the fact that there's no, there are no good reasons not to obey God when he speaks or tells us what to do. Um, there are lots of obstacles we might put in the way or there's lots of things, but as soon as you bring them into the light and look at them and consider what those kind of little nagging things are in light of who God really is, actually, there's no good reasons not to obey him. But also there's a depth to obeying God beyond just um, doing what the Bible tells us to do. And that sounds almost sacrilegious, but but I want to show you there's actually, there's a whole depth of obedience and joy in obedience that um, that we can miss out on if, we, if we're not like focused on always having this narrative with God. What do you want me to do? And trusting him and following him. And um, it's really easy. Like <laughs> I, I, I need easy applications and, and I promise you, um, that we'll see that actually not only is it easy to fall into the step of obedience, but to to live in the fullness of what it means to be a, obedient to a God who still speaks just now. So first of all, obedience is God's love language. So the first thing is Jesus models for us obedience to the Father. So here we go, John 4, 34. Um, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
So Jesus is always very careful when he picks his analogies. So he says, my food, the thing that sustains me, the things that gives me life, the thing that without which I wouldn't survive long, like, you know, like he's saying that like this fundamental analogy of food that gives us life, sustains us, gives us the strength we need to do, you know, actually allows us to live. He says, oh, that is to do the work that my father has sent me to do. He says, that is, that is, that is how Jesus is saying I live and I'm, I'm able to survive is by doing what the father has sent me to do. And then you get the compounding of this in 1 John 2, 6. He says, oh, whoever claims to live in him, oh, they must do as Jesus did. So you put those two together. Jesus says, the only way I know how to live is to do what the Father's telling me to do. And the only way that anyone can live and see that they're following in him and living in Jesus is, oh, is to do the same as Jesus. Ergo, we're meant to be constantly finding out and knowing what it is that our Father has called you to do. And there's obviously, there's there's kind of the, the macro, the big part of that in your life and, and the, the big picture that the Bible shows us that we are part of this big narrative. But actually, it also comes down to the very small, um, minuscule feeling decisions that you make day by day by day, where you go, what you do with your time and who you speak to. But Jesus says, like, this this is how he lived. Obedience to the Father to come and do exactly what it is that he told me to do. Now, you've probably heard of this idea of these love languages, the, the, the different ways that people um, like to express their love for someone or to feel love. And that's, you know, words of affirmation, gifts, etc. Well, the Bible is really clear. Um, like inescapably clear. And I've used these verses in other talks, but I use them because it's it's as black and white as you could possibly um, want it. It says this, 2 John 1, 6. This is love. No, this is one of the ways we show God our love or, or you know, basically do this, do this. No, this is love. And it's talking explicitly in, the, in relation to the, the Father is that we walk in obedience to his commands. 2 John 1, 6, really, really clear. The definition of love is that we walk in obedience to his commands. You think, oh, well, Lewis, that's great. You find one particular verse, okay? 1 John 5, 3. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And it goes on saying his commands are not burdensome. The Bible is really, really clear. The way that you can show God you love him, one of the simplest ways is just to obey him, to trust him. And when you obey someone... Um, it's there's a whole depth of stuff that's happening there. One, it shows that you trust them. Well, first of all, you've listened to them. You've heard what they're telling you to do. You, so you know what it is you want. You can't be obedient if you don't know what it is that someone's asking you to do, that you trust them enough to follow them. And then it's there's a committedness to being obedient. And especially when the thing that God's calling you to is longer than just you know a, a momentary decision or a momentary action. Bible says the, the, the very definition of love is to be obedient to what God says. Um, you then get in um, Acts 13, 22, when it's it's kind of recapping, it says um, it says this, um, it said, God made David a king and God testified concerning David. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I ask him to do. God says, I, and people who are after, the people who are after my own heart, David, a man after my own heart, yeah, he will, he will do all that I have called him to do. And there's an unshakable, unequivocal, but undeniable relationship between obedience and faith. Like the, the, the reason we're able to be obedient to God is because we have faith and we trust him. Hebrews 11.8 says that by faith, Abraham was called to go to a place where God had to go and he obeyed. So it's by faith he did it and he obeyed. And then you read the rest of um, Hebrews 11. Go, I mean, go and read it. I love every stuff. I'll go and just read Hebrews 11, and it's, it's this summary of these people from the Old Testament. It says, oh, 
by faith they did this, so-and-so did this, they obeyed what God said, and by faith they did this, by faith they did this, by faith they did this. See, when you choose to be obedient to what God's calling you to do, it's an act of love. It's one of the love languages that most delights God's heart. And it shows that you have faith and trust in him in spite of the circumstances. Remember, the disciples have seen Jesus killed. They've had this message of someone else has said they've seen Jesus and he said this. And they choose to be obedient and faithful to it. And it leads them into such a better experience of life. Like if they said, oh, no, we don't trust that. They, they just could have missed out on a whole um, journey with God. It might not have set them up for all the other stuff that then follows as soon as they go and meet um, with Jesus. So it's really simple, straightforward. The Bible's really clear. We're not only called to be obedient, but when we are choosing to be obedient to God, it's a sign of our love for him, and it's it's fueled out of this faith and trust. Now, the 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 question then leads, well, why would we not be obedient? Like, you know, like if if we know what God's called us to do, what would stop us from doing it? And um, these are things that, like, I... You might not, I, you, I might, I have there have been different times where I felt God tell me to do something and I might feel this resistance in my spirit to do it. And as soon as I focus on those thoughts, like what is it that that's causing me to do this? As soon as that, like almost just as soon as my gaze flicks to them, I see them for what they really are, which is invalid. So you might think, well, God's told me to do this. And actually like, well, there's a resistance. And actually what that's come from is a lack of trust. Like, you know, can I really trust God that this will be good or this is what I'm meant to do? Like, this is God who created you. If you're a Christian, the only reason you are saved and have a salvation and a future is because God was willing to let his son go to the cross for you. Jesus was willing to go to the cross and die for you. Like, I, I can think of no other qualification that supersedes that of what God has done to deserve your trust. He's for you. He wants good for you. His things that when he's calling you to trust him and to obey him and go and do something, it might not be the most comfortable thing. The, the road is narrow. And in this life, we know we will have troubles. But God deserves your trust. So it's very easy to, to, um, to not respect the source. Like if I was to tell you to go and do something, then you might say, well, actually, well, who's he to tell me to go and do that? You know, and, and there is something of this obedience thing that is we want autonomy. Like who, who's this person to tell me what to go and do? How to... No, no, God knitted you together in your mother's womb. He's pursued you your whole life. There's then been this moment where you've discovered him. You've seen him face to face. You've realized your need for a savior and you've committed your life to follow him. And you know that there's an eternity waiting for you because of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm like, how could I not respect and trust that God to know what he's doing when he calls me to go and do something? One of the other reasons it's easy to fall into not obeying what God's called us to do is to hear his voice, to know what he wants us to do. But then for that voice to just get drowned out by other voices, either our own, our doubts, our fears, our worries. And most of the times where I, I feel God call me to do something and I'm resistant to it, I'm, I'm kind of like hearing other people's voices or I'm, I'm predicting a future that I have no ability to predict. God's the only one that can know, know what happens in the future. I can't. But I will often, you know, play a little path. Oh, you know, well, this will happen and then this will happen. And, and suddenly I'm all the way over here. 
And God said, no, 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 I want you to go here. And he knows the path that he has called to you. So don't let other voices, even your own, drown out and kind of deafen what it is that God's calling you to do and, and knock you off that course or that path. The other thing is it's often just really hard work. Um, we were living in London. We, uh, My wife and I, both good jobs, happy, settled, part of a church community and family. And we felt God called us to leave London and move to Scotland. And part of the call was this um, sense of I want you, God saying, I want you to go there and then wait and see the victory that I'm going to deliver. Like I, I've got plans for you, but I want you to just go there and stand firm, take position and wait. And so we did, we sold our house. We, well, we didn't actually sell our house. We rented our house out to friends, but we, we basically like quit our jobs. We packed everything up. We moved up to Scotland and we got here and we were like, okay, God, we're here. You've told us to come here. And he said, no, no, I, I said, go there. And I want you to stand firm and hold position. Like, okay. And it was a day and a week and then a month and then a month and then a year, another year. And we're still, we're in that position of saying, well, actually, God, we can see lots of good. There's lots of stuff we're doing and we're involved and we know we're meant to be here. But actually, it's really hard to just keep obeying God when it stretches out longer or other people start asking questions. Are you, are you sure? Did God really say, you know, this old question that existed at the beginning of time? Did God really say that? And it can be really hard to obey God when there's a, a cost to it. But it delights your father's heart. There, there's very little I can do beyond being obedient that would delight God's heart to the same extent as your obedience does for him. I'll bring that verse off. Now, the key thing then, okay, is this sense of there's more fullness to following God, to obeying God's voice than just me going and reading the Bible, seeing what that says, and then going and doing it. Now, of course, the Bible is authoritative, okay? So so there, there's God will never call you to go and do something that contradicts what the Bible has said, okay? The Bible is authoritative. It's God's word. And so if anyone ever says, oh, I feel God's telling me to go and do this, and you, it's, it's like in direct contradiction to scripture, that's not God that's speaking. But who were some of the people that in the Bible were the best at taking the word of God and trying to be obedient to it? Well, it's the Pharisees. I mean, you know these guys. These were the ones that if the if the if the law said, the law of Moses said, you know, you're not to drive your car over 30 miles an hour, they would create a new law saying, okay, guys, we can't drive over 20 miles an hour just in case we accidentally go over 30 miles an hour and we'll break the law. Like they, they were the ones that wanted to obey to the letter, the Old Testament. Now, obviously, you and I, we have the fullness of the whole Bible to understand and read. But, but the thing is, as we said in the introductory video, God's got so much more for you than just the Bible. He says, oh, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, my helper. Now, God doesn't give us just the Holy Spirit for no reason, no purpose. The Holy Spirit is alive and walking with you and at work in the earth to fulfill the full plans of God that he spoke before the beginning of time. The Holy Spirit is actively working and moving. And God, who spoke the world into being, is still speaking now. And so there is a depth to obedience that goes even deeper through Jesus, through the Bible, into understanding that right now God is speaking. God is always speaking. And you and I, we can know his voice moment by moment by moment, day after day, hour by hour, 
we can choose to turn our focus onto God, to to um, search to hear his voice in the midst of all the other stuff that's going around and know what it is that our Father wants us to do moment by moment by moment. It is, it's not just like this little kind of added on perk or this little benefit for certain super Christians. It should be the fundamental experience of being a Christian is to know your Father's voice, to be able to live as Jesus lived, to know the food, know the work that your father has for you and to follow him into all of that. That is, that is, that is I think, the, what it means to be a Christian. And we've sort of kind of lost this or we've kind of relegated certain aspects of it or we kind of say, oh, you know, well, that was for this time or that time or this Christian or it's very easy to discount ourselves. God wants to speak to you. God is speaking to you all the time. And it's this choice of whether we choose to focus into what it is God says. And then when we know what it is that he's talking about, to choose to be obedient, to follow him. And it delights his heart like nothing else. Like nothing else. Again, just the same way as, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, oh, you know, the law says basically don't kill. But I tell you, if you, you know, you think an angry thought against someone, then basically you've killed them in your heart. Jesus says, no, no, the, the bar is so much higher than you think of the law. It's the same for being a Christian. It's it's not just I read the Bible and I do the things it says. No, no, no. God wants an active, living relationship with you now so that he can speak to you, you can hear his voice, and you can know what it is that he's wanting you to do, the unique purposes that you were created on earth to fulfill, the things that only you can do, that God wants you to do with him, with the Holy Spirit alive at work and you're around you, that no one else is able to do. That is the fullness of the obedience of what God's calling in. Now, I know from speaking to friends and, and people, you know, maybe after a sermon and stuff, where they say, oh, you know, like I've, I've tried this and it didn't work and I really tried to hear God speak or I didn't hear anything or, or you know, basically there's been moments of disappointment or pain. Or I really felt God speak to me about going and praying for that person. I really felt in my spirit I was meant to pray for them to be healed and I, I went for it and, and then nothing happened. And it's like, ah, oh, I, I just got that wrong. Well, the thing I've learned and the thing that I've learned with friends, and it's this shared experience, is that just because God's called you to go and do something doesn't mean you will necessarily get the outcome you expect. God might call you to go and pray for someone to be healed. doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to heal them, but he's calling you to go and do it. Again, just very briefly on the topic, of it, I've, I've never prayed for someone to be healed. And where they've not then been healed, I've never had them... Um, upset or angry with me there's a blessing to people in that beyond whether or not the healing actually happens or not and so God will often call us to do stuff and it's about us and our heart and our willingness to follow him and our choosing to be obedient and do what it is he's called us to do that's where the win is that is the win that delights God's heart it's good for you it starts to position us more and more into the heart posture and the place where God wants us to be. That's the win. And then whether the person is healed or whether or not they choose to give their life to Christ or any of these other things, they choose to come to the meeting you're invited to, they read the book you gave them, they respond warmly. All of that sits with God. Your call is to be obedient to what it is that God's telling you to go and do. And so I understand the pain of things not working out or or feeling like I can't hear God's voice and the frustration of it. Let me let me let this talk spur you on again, if it's if that's your story, to chase after searching out for the voice of God and doing what it is he's called you to.
And I, 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 I've found that the best thing is like celebrate the small stuff. You know, like oh, it's that thing of like, oh, do you know, what? I just I feel like God's telling me like to take this route to work as opposed to normally walk this way. I'm going to go down the side street. And if you bump into someone that you wouldn't normally see and you just say hi and there's a, like celebrate that. Like that might have just been the interaction that God wanted you to have with that person. They might have just needed to see you or see a smile or have just someone warm. You know, like you you have no understanding necessarily of the fullness of what God does in a moment. But the win is the obedience that you choose to turn good down. That delights God's heart. Whatever else happens, that alone delights God's heart. And it's so, so easy to do. This is the this is the trick of it, is the easiest solution to this thing of obedience or hearing God's voice is just to try and be obedient to what you feel God is saying. You know, then Robbie Dawkins and uh, Todd White and these guys will say, oh, you know, if I pray for one person, I might not see anyone healed. If I pray for 100 people, I've got 100 more chances of seeing someone healed. I'm, I'm more likely to see someone healed the more people that I pray for. It's the same with hearing the voice of God and being obedient to what you feel he's calling about. You have thousands, of, tens of thousands of moments every day to choose to try and find God in the moment, hear what he speaks about, and then obey what you feel he's talking about, uh, his prompt and what it is that he's saying. You know, you can do it just before you go out the door. Oh God, look, I really, I, I'd love to hear you now and, and hear what it is that you've got to store for the day. Wait a little bit. Do you feel something in your spirit? Do you do you sense actually I'm meant to do this? Do you do you something, oh, do you know, it's really weird. So-and-so came to mind. This person came to mind. I've not thought of them. Trust that that's God. Be obedient to it. That person's come to mind. I'm going to text or call them and I'll do it now before I basically go and do anything else. I am, I, you can do it before meetings. You can do it on the the way that you, oh, God, should I walk this way or that way? Should I take the car or the bus today, Lord? Am I meant to get in the train or not? When you're at the train station, Lord God, is there someone you want to speak to today? Is there something that I can do with you? And God says, so you feel something like, oh, I'm, it's normally I stand in this carriage and I get in this door. I'm just going to walk down a little bit. Like all those things, even if nothing happens from it, it's a win. You're delighting your father's heart by being obedient. Even if you're stumbling and you're getting stuff wrong and you think God wants you to go stand that train carriage and it's not, the grace of God is that it still delights his heart because you're striving to be obedient to what it is that you feel God's calling you about. Now, if you feel God calling you to a big thing, to quit your job, to leave your house, to move somewhere, to do that, like, like seek discernment, pray with someone. Ask someone to pray with you, get together with them and try and discern the will of God. But if you feel that God is calling you to do something, my 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 encouragement to you is to be obedient to what it is that you feel God is saying. It's how Jesus lived. It's how the Bible says really clearly we're meant to live just as Jesus did. And it delights the Father's heart. Um, we had this, um, uh, it was a few months ago now, and my wife, Louise, woke up. The morning she says, really, where she had this, this, um, she'd been praying the night before, God, I'd love to have more dreams and hear you speak in dreams. And of course, when she was praying that, she was saying, like, her heart's desire was that she would have a great dream and this beautiful thing. And, uh, and actually, she woke up the next morning, she'd had this horrible dream um, where she felt that she'd lost um, one of her sons and she couldn't find them. And she just felt stupid because she'd lost her son. And it was the frustration of, couldn't find them and it was just like you know and I, I, and it was part of it, it was like couldn't find a way home and it was just like it was just this horrible horrible dream but she woke up and at the same time as she woke up she had a friend of ours come to mind an old neighbor of ours that we'd not spoken to for weeks or months at that particular point and Louise just felt actually I think God wants me to contact this person and so she did she just sent them a little message just saying oh you know I was just um woke up this morning I felt God put you in my heart I just wanted to give you a quick message to see if you're all right 
And a few months later, the phone rings and it's this lady and she's basically having a horrible day. There's been um, this thing this where she's found out that there's been an identity theft thing and she's made a mistake by clicking on the link and doing something, giving some details away. And it's just, and she, like her anxiety and stress is through the roof and she's totally panicking. And so we were like, we had a different plan for the day. We were like, oh, look, why don't you just come round? And so she did. And I tried to do some of the practical stuff around the situation that she was in. But we were like, oh, you know, just as she was describing what happened and how she was feeling, Louise suddenly realized actually every single marker that she was feeling about this, this I shouldn't have done this, this was stupid, and I, I just feel stupid what I'm feeling, and the frustration of it, and all the, the emotions that she was feeling, Louise was like, actually, I had a dream last night where I felt every single one of those emotions, and I woke up this morning with those, like, the, with the taste of those feelings in my mouth, and you came to mind, and I felt to contact you. And I've been praying that before that God would give me dreams, that God would speak to me through my dreams. And so Louise was able to say, like, God's for you. He, he, he gave me a dream. He woke me up this morning with you in mind. Today of all days, I contacted you this. And not only were we able to help you with this, but actually the reason we, you know, we know about this is because God has cared for you and is watching over you and loved you and is with you. And it was just this beautiful moment that came from Louise striving to God, I want to hear your voice more. Specifically, she was praying about dreams. A sense of in the morning, actually, this person's meant to be someone I'm contacting now. And so she did. I'm going to be obedient to that sense of God speaking. And it kind of changed our plans for the day. But we're like, God, we're going to be obedient to all that's gone on and, and invite them in. And we're, we're going to change our day around so that we can be hospitable to this person. And, bring them in. and it, was, it was great. It just as we were chatting about it and sharing about this thing about God. This lady was like, oh, I think we should pray. And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, brilliant. Bang. And she just launched into praying. And I'm like, man, this is someone that knows God a bit. I don't know the, the fullness and depth of the relationship, but she's now sitting in our kitchen praying and thanking God for the fact that he is watching out for her, that he cares for her and about this situation and circumstance. That is not a story that is an isolated story for us. And it's not meant to be some pedestal story for you to hear about and go, wow, that that is to be a, a, a appetizer, a taster for more and more and more your daily experience, multiple times a day of searching for God, hearing his voice, and then being obedient. And there is beauty in obedience. The reason that um that we we don't like the word obedient. The reason it sort of kind of rubs our sensibilities and our comfort is a little bit is because um, we've seen so many examples in the world of obedience gone wrong, just like, you know, blind-hearted, blinkered obedience to, to a belief or an ideology or a person. God is worthy of your full-throttled obedience. He is good. He loves you. His plans for you are good. His plans are not to harm you. They are to prosper you. The Spirit of God is at work in the world just now. And he has plans for you. He, he cannot wait. This go of the commission, this great commission, go and do these things. Just as the disciples say, God's, God's calling you to follow him. Even though it might be at odds with uh, our understanding of what's happening in the world. Even though it might be like that, that someone else has said, I feel God's saying this. You know, the, the, these two Marys came and said, God's said this. And these guys choose to trust them and follow God. That's the win. It's beautiful. They got to then go and be with Jesus after his resurrection. Incredible. He got to commission them to go and do all the things they were going to do. But it came, all of it, from obedience. And that's the win. If you choose 
in any moment to be obedient to God, that's a win. It delights your father's heart. It's good for you. And it starts to train us more and more and more and more and more to be postured both in our hearts and physically where God wants you to be for all that he has, the fullness of plans for you in your life. Father God, Lord, I delight in obedience. I delight in obedience, Lord God, and, and it is it is the best for us. We choose to be obedient to you. It delights your heart. And also it is the, the narrow path that leads us closer to you. Jesus, would you do something in my heart now? Would you do something in my friends' hearts now? Lord God, that would, that would seal in us an unshakable trust in you that we will choose to be obedient to you whatever it is that you're calling us to do. And Lord God, I, I just ask for protection of our hearts in this. Lord God, would you, would you silence other voices? Would you help us to walk perfectly in, in this balance of spirit and word, Lord? We only want to follow your word. But Lord God, you, you spoke at the beginning of time. You spoke throughout the Old Testament to your people and through incredible women and men. Jesus, you came onto the earth as a human and you spoke these words. And God, you spoke, Holy Spirit, you inspired the writing of scripture. The very fact that we have the Bible is because God has spoken. People have heard you. They've been obedient to what you've called them to do and they've written stuff down and they've written it in this particular way and the Bible has over time then become this gift to us, but it's all from your word. Oh God, you did not become mute the day that the Bible was sealed. You are still speaking now, Father God. And so I ask more and more, would we hear your voice and Lord, would we choose to be obedient to you? God bless.